T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the show. Wednesdays around here, we do something called the Great Debate Series, which is something loosely tied to the news. And we found ourselves this week talking a lot about dynasties, Perloff, because of the Kansas City Chiefs back in the AFC Championship game and a chance for them to, Andy Reid and Mahomes, that is, Kelsey, get their third Super Bowl in five years and really stake their claim to being this modern yeah. dynasty. Yeah, uh, it sure feels like we're developing that. Now, they have to win. It's going to be hard to win a third. They're underdogs against Baltimore, and they might be underdogs against the Niners, too. I don't feel it's easy, but the dynasty, to me, the whole argument depends on what era you're in because it's way harder to do it now than back in the day. So I just want to put that out there now before we give our choices. It's one thing in 1948 to have a dynasty. It's another thing in 2023. Let's hit it. The Great Debate Series. Okay, so here it is. The greatest dynasty of all time. That is the Great Debate Series for today. I am not going first. I I need to play off you guys. I I have a less obvious one. So, then I'll go first. I'm yeah, happy. Do you have I, an obvious? I, oh, not obvious, but a clear of one. Of course, it should be obvious. If we're talking about greatest dynasties of all time, I'll give you the New England Patriots, 2001 to 2019. We're talking about nine Super Bowl appearances. We're talking about six Super Bowl wins. Let's go to 13 AFC Championship game appearances, including eight straight from 2011 to 2018. I'm giving you 19 consecutive winning seasons with the Patriots, 17 division titles, including 11 straight from 2009 to 2019. When you had Brady as the primary starter for the Patriots, 18 seasons, he appeared in half of the Super Bowls during that time and won two-thirds of them. This is dominance. Belichick, the most playoff wins of any coach, the most Super Bowl appearances as any coach, if you count his time as an assistant. You got Brady holding records uh, for quarterback for career wins, playoff wins, Super Bowl MVPs with five. And against the rivals in that era, 11-6 and record against Peyton Manning, although Manning did get him in the playoffs. He's 2-3 and against Manning in the playoffs, so credit there. 7-3 and against Big Ben, including 2-0 and in the playoffs. Phillip Rivers never beat Tom Brady, ever. That this is what you have to judge these dynasties by. The Patriots, not just because of the dominance, but the length of it. How could Bill Belichick and Tom Brady even survive mm. for this long together? Eventually, of course, ego got in the way, but that's not before they had two decades 
of just destruction. So we're feared. We're not considering cheating at all in this. I guess that's totally fine with you, Maggie Gray. The, the ethical okay. standards here. Let's talk about the rest of all of your dynasties and see if cheating comes up. Again. I don't know. The, I don't. I don't think anyone here is picking one with two gates associated with them. So. <laughs> well, I'll have to live with my choice. <laughs> Who's next? Pearl Lofty. I want to go last. I want to go all last. Right, I want to go, go last. Ahead. All right. So when we think about basketball, you think about the NBA. You think about the foundation of the NBA and where it started. You got to go to. Cigar smoke from Red Outback. Blocked shots by Bill Russell. Bob Cousy dribbling the ball behind his back and through people's legs. Of course, this from John Havlicek. Greer's putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep, and Havlicek steals it. Over to Stan Jones. Havlicek stole the ball. It's all over. It's all over. Johnny Havlicek is being mauled by the fans. It's all over. The greatest dynasty of all time. The 1950s and 60s Celtics. Now, look, last week I had to give Pat Riley his due. Yeah. This week I gave the Celtics their due. So it's been a rough two great debates for your boy EJ. But look, between 57 to 69, you're talking about 11 titles in 13 seasons. The countless list of Hall of Famers Bill Russell, Sam Jones, John Havlicek, Satch Standers, Tommy Heinsohn, Casey Jones, Bob Cousy, of course, the great Red Auerbach. Those teams were dominant. They actually wiped the floor with the NBA. We had some great players during that time. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain. None of them could hold the candle to the Boston Celtics dynasty. So it, it pains me to say this as a New Yorker, as someone who hates Boston, and hates the Boston Celtics, but they are the greatest dynasty. There was no salary cap back then, though. Otherwise, they could have kept Tommy Heinsohn. Were there salaries back then? Were they getting paid to play? They were plumbers. EJ, just a quick question. How many teams were in the NBA back then? Eight. Oh, they beat eight teams. They beat eight teams. How many are in the NBA right now? 30, I believe. Real murderer's row. All right, Pete, we're doing greatest dynasties of all time as part of our great debate series today. Well, unfortunately, I had a really good first row seat for this dynasty, the late 90s Yankees. And this is a team that uh, developed, well, no. they developed based on George Steinbrenner getting suspended. If George Steinbrenner didn't get suspended, this team would not be where it is. And they were, Gene Michael was allowed to go in there and scout and draft and do what they needed to develop this team into a championship team. Made the trade for Paul O'Neill. And this team had a core of guys that were just gritty players and players that clicked and, and worked together. And, and, and it, they weren't, as you could tell, there was maybe one or two, whole, I think there's two Hall of Famers on this team, Jeter Mariano. And everybody else, good players, but not Hall of Famers. And they came crazy that Bernie Williams. I know. That's uh, but, but all, anyway. All scouted by the Yankees and developed by by this team. They were just un, unstoppable in the night in the late nineties. The Yankees are one out away from another world championship. Now Rivera is set. And the 0-1 swung on, hit in the air to deep center. Bernie back, away back. He's there. He makes a catch. Ball game over. World Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. And thanks to EJ for pulling the one against the Mets. On, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have fun doing that. Yeah. I saw in person. Uh, awful, uh, awful moment from the Mets. But uh, this team... Uh, had Joe Toy in his third run as a manager. Um, really, uh, it was his last shot to, to get it right, and it clicked. And they rolled off a dynasty. 
And my uh, choice is the Yankees. There you go. We're talking about greatest dynasties of all time, kind of loosely based off the Chiefs and what's sitting in front of them this postseason. Bogish? Well, Maggie, I know you're you're usually right in these things. (laughs) Your choice is the best one. Uh, But I I think mine's better. I'm going hockey. I'm going 1970s, the entire decade owned by the Montreal Canadiens. The point. Starting out with Hull. Coral. And tied up behind the net. Here's Richard going in on goal. Yes, he scores! Richard takes the shot. Nine passes. The game is over. Montreal wins the Stanley Cup. They were good. They had great French names like Henri Richard. They won six Stanley Cups, 71, 73, and then the four-peat of 76 through 79. They were 10 Hall of Famers on the team during that four-year stretch. They set the single-season points record. They were 68-12 and 12 in the 76-77 season. Great players, Ken Dryden, Larry Robinson, mm-hmm. The Montreal Canadiens of the 70s. Hockey's best dynasty, the best dynasty. That's not the Yankees. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Andrew Bogish bringing hockey into the conversation, rightly so. All right, Perloff, you wanted to go last. Yeah. Did he go by Maurice Richard? I, he, uh, Henri, the Rocket was Maurice Richard. Did I mess up his first name? Well, you said Henri. I'm sure that's one of Wrong his French names. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I just want to show off one hockey thing I know. If he's, <laughs> like, did, did everyone go, oh, Rocket Richard in the 70s Canadians? Okay, all you guys are great, but let's face it. None of those are the Jordan Bulls. That is the only dynasty we all know. They didn't do it back in a day when there were seven teams. They didn't do it, uh, you know, over a 25-year span to win these titles like Maggie's Patriots. They didn't do it in hockey where they didn't even have helmets back then, so I don't even know what you're doing. Uh, They did it in the most competitive era of the NBA, the 90s, the superstar era of the NBA. There was one team, they won six out of eight, but they basically won eight in a row in my mind. This, uh, This is the ultimate modern dynasty. Did it when it was hard to win, unlike Bill Russell and the Celtics. They beat everybody, all comers, and they only won six, but in, they easily could have won eight to ten, uh, except that um, and I don't want anyone to cry here. The general manager, Jerry Krause, <laughs> screwed it up. So to me, that is by far the best dynasty because they were unbeatable. Unlike all your guys' dynasties who were sort of, you know, pecking and just barely winning titles, the, the Bulls never even got to a game seven in the finals. All right, so there you have it. Great debate series for today is the greatest dynasty of all time. And... We're getting some good responses here in the chat. You're welcome to call us up at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Did we miss any big ones? Okay, so yes, we did. But I think we all had our individual reasons for not picking these dynasties. And two of them, I think, are exact, are very much the same, um, even if they were in different eras. The John Wooden UCLA Bruins, 10 titles, obviously. Yeah. And then you have the UConn Women's Basketball team with 11 titles. I I think the college was a little tough for us. I think, first of all, for Wooden, you get a couple advantages here. Free labor. (laughs) You know, you can cycle people in and out. You don't have to worry about free agency. You don't have to worry about salary caps. And once you sort of get going, you get all the best players. Same thing with UConn. Exactly. So I think it's, it's tough maybe for college because... It's, there's so many built-in advantages 
for the winners. Whereas what I talk about the Patriots, there's disadvantages for the winners. You're playing a first place schedule. It becomes harder to keep that group together. You're going to be losing assistant coaches. There's so many things I think that make it tougher to stay on top in professional sports than college sports. Right. There's a draft. If there's a draft, you don't go from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Bill Walton because the number one pick is going elsewhere. So once you get all the best players, now listen. Maybe we're overthinking we're, it. We might, let's not disrespect what John Wooden did. Incredible no. because he won without those guys too. He won without the dominant big man, but still it's college and even more so with UConn. I mean, how many Hall of Fame players came through the doors there? It, so that would be the two that I think people would have a, a problem with us. I do like this in the chat though, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio and twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. Spencer says the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. I mean, game set match. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, individuals. Maybe there's some individual dynasties. Michael Phelps would be yeah. one. I thought uh, about Djokovic and Federer yeah. and Serena. Mm. What about the fact that Bilotti picked the wrong Yankees dynasty? Does anyone have an issue with that? <laughs> I had to watch them in front of my face for my entire high school career. So. But, uh, I mean, Yogi Bear and Mickey Mantle, Yankees, sort of oh. jumps to mind, too, is another obvious one. Yeah, of course. Of course. There you go. So, 855-2124-CBS. Those are a couple just off the top of yeah. the dome uh, that... And if I may defend my hockey brain, too, yeah. there is an Henri Richard. It's Maurice's brother, and he was really good, too. And was I he think, a Canadian? And I think he is the Richard oh. that scored in the highlight, which is why I said his name, I think. I, I mean, if you have, but like, there are two. four tidbits of knowledge of hockey and you have the opportunity to try and share one, you got to go for it, in my case. <laughs> Do you know what... I could be wrong. He's the on, Thanasis on a Koopa. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know what Henri's nickname was since his brother Maurice was the Rocket? The uh, Hammer. The booster, I don't know. The pocket rocket. Get out of no, here. No, he wasn't. Hundred <laughs> percent. Wait a minute. That yeah, is, uh, that's, that's also a name in of the seventies. That's what you. That's uh, all you else. got. I'm changing my thing. I'm Montreal for me. Come on <laughs> in. Um, Come on over. You didn't mention Patrick uh, Patrick Roy. Uh, he's not on this <laughs> team. Yeah. He will make an appearance this morning, though. I can tell you that. I Wait, think. Patrick Roy's. Uh, oh, he's right. going to find his way into an update oh, this right. morning. Patrick Roy never played for the Canadian city. No, mm. not in the seventies. He was a kid then. Probably. I'm sorry, I can't get past Pocket Rocket. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a, that is a term that had to be born in the 70s, right? I guess so. It, it, we Commercials really, on Wood TV. We we really phased out Pocket Rocket, <laughs> didn't we? Probably. Better oh for yeah, him. no, Patrick Royal was a great Canadian. You, but you had Larry Robinson. Was he on? Uh... These are the 70 Canadians. Wall was a rookie, I think, in '86. They're not. It's two different All groups right, of Canadians. Fine. You're out of your depth here. Eight, I five, definitely five. am, but I I topped you with Maurice. I bogus gained respect from you there. I could tell. He didn't. Eight, five, two, one, two, <laughs> four, CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. All right, there you have it. Great debate series for today. Greatest dynasty ever. Uh, I went with the Patriots. Perloff went with the Chicago Bulls. EJ went with the uh, sixty Celtics. Pete went with the 90s into 2000 Yankees, uh. and Bogish went with the 70s Canadians. Who'd we miss? What'd we get right? What'd we get wrong? 855-212-4CBS. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Great Debate Wednesday here on the Maggie and Perloff Show. Today's topic, greatest sports dynasty of all time. Got onto that because the Kansas City Chiefs seem like they're a modern dynasty, building a modern dynasty. Here's what everyone has. I'll just run through it. Maggie went with the 2000s Patriots. I went with the 90s Bulls. EJ went with the 50s and 60s Celtics. Andrew Bogus went with 70s Canadians. And Pete Bellotti went with the 90s Yankees. You can go at Maggie and Pearl on Twitter slash X and let us know who you would pick or give us a call, 855-212-4CBS. 
I got to tell you. Yes. I'm a little nervous about our, we skew modern sometimes. I, I do feel a little guilty about the UCLA. That's been on my mind since we did this topic because that's a lot of championships in a row. No, it is 10. I mean, 10 titles for John Wooden yeah. and it's, but and same with UConn with Gino Ariema with the 11 titles. I think the issue was about college versus pro and the advantages that get built in for college versus pro when you are building these dynasties. And the size of the tournament back then was a lot smaller. For Wooden, yes. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Let's hit the phones. Dana is in Concord, California. Hey, Dana, what's up? Um, I love the program. I just... I'm in- um, Maggie, first of all, I think you'd be the most amazing uh, and interesting dinner date ever. Um, <laughs> I am. But I wow, wanted, that's nice. I wanted to um, mention, uh, here in Concord, we have a high school called De La Salle. Yep. From 1992 to 2004, they won 151 straight games and won to 14 straight state championships. They never lost. Um, they were immortalized in the film The Game Stands Tall and the book uh, The Game Stands Tall. Their coach... Bob Latasur was yep. the coach for the entire streak. It's now referred to as the streak, and it's the longest winning streak in sports history. So I think it's pretty hard to top the kids at De La Salle. Yeah, you know what? I want to know what's funny, Dana. I actually got a chance to be with the kids from De La Salle High School. This is random. I used to be a high school sports reporter when I was first starting out, mm. and uh, high school sports in the New York, New Jersey area is uh, – is robust, obviously, just like it is in California and Florida and Georgia and everywhere. But De La Salle High School flew to New Jersey to face Don Bosco High School, Tommy DeVito's high school, but he wasn't the quarterback at the time. And I got to spend a day with De La Salle High School going all around New York City. Perloff, we did the circle line together, which is the tour around the island. Any star players on that team, on that version of the team? Uh, I got to go back and look, but no, this was Amani Toomer went there. I know that. There were a lot of other yeah. uh, prominent De La Salle. We had loss. a, in my area, not quite my area, Pennsylvania had Central Bucks East. You probably don't remember this. They had a 60-game win streak, which was at the time the longest. Then De La Salle blew them out of the water. Uh, I love these high school, Maslin High School in Ohio. To me, like that's a great. The high school rivalries have yeah. a certain charm to them. No uh, doubt, that's really cool. Adam is in Vancouver. Has got. We're talking about the greatest dynasties of all time. Adam, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? We're doing great. What's going on? Good. Uh, so, Bogish, I know you uh, brought up some hockey there with the Canadians in the seventies, but I got to go with the eighties yep. and uh, two dynasties actually. The Islanders first. And then the Edmonton Oilers yep. fall right to, to close out the uh, the decade. Listen, Adam, I'm with you on that. The Islanders, oh, Bogus is going to come in to defend his work yeah. here with the 80s. And then obviously with the Oilers, uh, with Messier and with Gretzky. Why did you decide to go with the Canadiens, Bogus? Um, well, they outlasted. Yes. If you count the two early ones, I guess you, people do separate the 76 through 79 four Pete, but... To win 71-73 and then those four. So that's two more than the Islanders. The Oilers won. They did come back after the Islanders, and they Mm. won more Stanley Cups, one or two without Gretzky. So just the Canadians were more succinct to me. Mm. And equal collection of great players, especially in Montreal and Edmonton. But I thought for a a decade straight of one head coach, mostly with Scotty Bowman, a lot of the same players that – the longevity won this tiebreaker. Adam, does that pass the okay. smell test for you? Uh, it does to an extent, but uh, Bogus, I'll, I'll throw this one at you. 
I think in the 80s, that's when they had to win 16 games. They had to win four mm. series, four seven-game series. Um, I don't know if, the, if it was that way in the in the 70s. Maybe not at so, the beginning, but I think by 78, 79, the playoffs were that big. But you could be right. You could be right. Adam, I'll double check yeah. that. Thank you so much for the phone call. Appreciate you weighing in. Bogus, appreciate you weighing in as well. Adrian is in Maryland. Hey, Adrian, what's going on, dude? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, the only problem I have with UCLA and UConn is UCLA, there was only 32 teams in, in that, that, that era. And then UConn, there was probably, what, three, four teams in the uh, women's basketball that could win it that year. So, so the I have a problem wasn't there. With is what we're saying. Right, right, right. Look, you look at the games now, you got girls beating other girls 129 to 18 and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, Adrian, and I'll, I'll go a step forward here, which is also one of the reasons. Do you guys remember when we were talking a lot of, when Belichick and Saban both had their coaching news based yeah. on back-to-back days? And it was like, which one of these was, I forgot how we put it, like harder to replicate or whatever. You know, Saban went into so many of his games as a two-touchdown favorite, three in, in a lot of cases. I mean, some of those Alabama spreads were insane, whereas – for Belichick and for the NFL, it's just so much closer in terms of the talent being spread around. So that's where I feel like yeah. pro always gets the nod over college yeah. to me when you're talking about these things. Well, you think about women's basketball. You had Tennessee, too. You had La Tech. Like, it was a, it's a sport of dynasties. I think that's a great point. Although we could have put Saban's Alabama dynasty here, too. Mm, kind of took, took too long. If you Google the hey, like, greatest sports dynasties, a lot of them include Saban. In Alabama. Okay. Really? Yeah. Even though it went from 09 to 20? Like the first two or three lists I found yesterday to jog my memory, he was on at least two of them. Adrian, yeah. you got another one for us. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got the San Francisco Giants 2010, 2012, and 2014. I think baseball is the hardest sport to win a championship, multiple championships, because it's, there's so many games and everything just basically has to fall in place for you. Yeah. So the, I think that, Adrian, that's a good one. It's controversial, though. I, I know a lot of people, and I think, Perloff, you might be one of them, that doesn't consider that a dynasty because no. you never won back-to-back. Uh, not only that, it was sort of a, mm, this is going to sound bad. It was an above-average, really good team who just was uh, on top of their game in the postseason. And Madison Bumgarner was such an amazing postseason pitcher. It didn't feel like they were the 1950s Yankees where they just had a Hall of Fame lineup. I just think they... They were a team that could win a big game. I yeah, I don't think of them as the same kind of dynasty. It is incredibly impressive. I agree with that. But yeah, the you have to go back to back. I agree with Bogus's point. It's got the more concentrated, the better. Yeah, that that would be that's the one thing I always get into with people because I think that San Francisco is a dynasty. I do consider that yeah. a dynasty. But a lot of people uh, will say if you don't go back to back, if you didn't defend the title, which is if you talk to athletes, they say that can be one of the hardest things to do is defend the title. But if you look at how many games they won in the regular season, they, that doesn't feel like a dynasty. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I assume there were 92-93 win teams, whereas the great Yankees teams won 100 every time. What about the Warriors? What about the Spurs? No. the Spur- I mean, the Spurs were so spread out. 99, 2004, 2007, 2000. 14, maybe I'm missing one. but Yeah, but I mean, still, it's Popovich, it's Duncan, a is lot that of Tony a Parker and Manu. If you win four titles in 14 well, years? Well, they never went back-to-back, which is why they came to my head when Maggie just said that. Yeah. It, that doesn't, and that's my problem with your Patriots choice. It took too long. Yeah, but they went back-to-back. They They're went the back last to, team to go back-to-back. 
Yeah, I'm just saying it, it, you're you're pointing to a dynasty of a 20 year period. Well, I think why the why the Patriots is so impressive is it's got an early, a middle, and a late. Yeah. And no matter what was happening with the Super Bowls in that time, they were dominating the division. They never had a drop off. Winning seasons every year, except for Brady's first year, right, which was more like a Drew Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just on the roster. I. They're amazing. They there yeah. was never a tail off. Counter. They lost to Eli Manning twice. They lost to that defensive line. The Spurs won at one point four titles between ninety nine and oh six. It's concentrated. I, I think that's concentrated enough. But a lot of people think you have to go back to that. Right. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Quickly before we get to Bogus's update. We go to Andrea, who's in Berkeley, California. Andrea, it's so good to hear from you. You used to call when uh, I was on CBS Sports Radio many, many years ago yeah. on Saturday mornings, and you would do astrology for some of the uh, big athletes in the news. How have you been? Yeah, no, it's great to hear your voice again. I remember the Moose and Maggie show yep. and calling in and doing sports astrology. So I'm so glad we reconnected. It's in the stars. Uh, what do you have for us today? Yeah, well, you know, I'm in uh, the Bay Area. I'm in Berkeley. So uh, the 49ers and Brock Purdy's sports astrology is quite interesting. Uh, he recently had his birthday, December 27, 1999. And um, he's a really hardworking, ambitious Capricorn. And I'll I'll tell you, the worst thing you can do to a Capricorn is call them Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) So super ambitious and systematic and dependable and methodical and, you know, ambitious. Mm -hmm. So he really has those qualities. And right now, Mars is in Capricorn, which is a crucial planet for an athlete, rules energy, assertion, aggression. So Mars and Capricorn, you might remember, they won on that final drive. Yep. That was kind of a nail-biter, and Mars and Capricorn came through. So uh, Mars is still in Capricorn for the game on Sunday, and we have Mercury and Venus there. So this is a very confident time when he can achieve his goals. So uh, I'm liking that. He can be more purposeful and steady and, um, you know, work towards those Capricorn goals so I really look forward to that. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at Jared Goff. I mean, I, I'm in Berkeley. I remember when he was the Cal quarterback. Sure. And um, he's having his Saturn return. He's 29. So that's interesting, um, you know, to see what transpires in his chart, October 14, 1994, Novato, California. So his, his Saturn is returning. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, it happens between the ages uh, of 28 and 30. For everyone. So 29 is the actual Saturn return, and everyone has that at that age, and that's a cycle of new beginnings. And he left, uh, Mm. you know, the Rams. So it's new beginnings. People get really serious about their career ambitions, relationships, living situations change. Yeah. So it's a very big rite of passage, the Santa return. That's great. Andrea, thank you so much for shedding some light onto this. That's when I had my first nervous breakdown. Thank you, Andrea. That was, <laughs> I love Andrea. She does a great job. I wonder sometimes, it sounds, when, when she describes it this way, it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. Like somebody's personality and, and what their astrological sign is. Do you think teams use this at all in their evaluation? Uh, 
Probably not, but I'll tell you right now, I am on DraftKings right now, <laughs> minus seven Niners. I didn't know that Mars was in Capricorn right now. Uh, me neither. It sneaks uh, up on you. Honestly, it described it kind of just described Brock Purdy. He is a he's a little guy, but he's ambitious. I think uh, that made me feel good about the Niners. Bogish, your Saturn is returning, and we are going to you for an update. I felt it. Uh, I don't know how he'd handle Sweet Caroline. But Rams D-tackle Kobe Turner is pretty good at the National Anthem. Good. The rookie's singing before a recent L.A. Kings game. He has a musical background, obviously. So much so, his teammates call him the conductor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a, good... My That's a rookie great of the year. nickname. That's a good nickname. A good He's a nickname. Good sing. Head-to-head battle with Will Anderson and him for rookie of the year. Yeah. That'd be a good duo. That, that guy's I think a head-to-head battle with him and Flavor Flav on <laughs> the <laughs> National Anthem. Well, this that could be the tiebreaker. That's interesting. I love Big Ben. He's gigantic, right? Yes. That, that can sing. That's always a good visual. Well, it's like Demarcus Ware, right, who uh, sang the national anthem before he got inducted into right. Can. Yeah, but Demarcus Ware weighs 50 pounds less than... Uh, He's still to, a big person. This guy <laughs> is like a house. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I think he should sing at the Super Bowl instead of Reba McIntyre. Well, I think we should go like beauty pageant, him and Will Anderson, get up there, answer some questions, oh, yeah. show us your skill, <laughs> and then and sing. Yeah, do some kind of performance, rhythmic <laughs> gymnastics, like uh, old school. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Put him in a wrestling singlet. See what happens. See how they would solve world, get world exactly. peace or whatever. By the way, we what just what would you do in Ukraine? We just passed the 21st anniversary of Carl Lewis's national anthem. Uh, the uh, row. <laughs> still the, the greatest sound ever. I would never. I would never sing a national anthem because the odds of it going wrong are much stronger than the odds of it sounding that good, right? Well, not if you're a professional singer. You think you got but a handle on it. But you're Carl Lewis or Kobe Turner. I mean, he's not a professional, you know, singer. I think it's all it's the you know, there's always like the singers want to be athletes, athletes. You always want to be what you're not, you know? Right. If you're I think, you know, especially people who are super talented, they probably have a lot of talents. So they think they have tons and yeah. tons of talents, and they go for it. Can I ask you, EJ, you're a big rap fan. Are there any good athlete rappers? Like, I know Darren Waller has an album coming out this offseason. Are any of these guys, like, legit artists? Uh, so the rap? Yeah, athlete, athlete Dame turned Lillard, Dame Lillard, I know I was killing him earlier, but he, he can rap. He's legit. Like, like, if he wasn't Dame Lillard, would he be selling records? He's he that good. I think he's that good. Yeah, and I'm someone who I'm as hardcore as it gets when it comes to hip hop fans. And I mean, I don't know if I would say he's like he would be like one of my favorites, but could he have a hip hop rap career? One hundred percent. He's been on songs with Rick Ross, Meek Mill. Like he's he's legit. We did this once with Ice Cube. We had him listen to a bunch of athletes rapping, but we didn't tell him who was who. And then we just had him give his honest critique. And his favorite one was like some bars from Kevin Durant randomly, who was it was it was small, like a small appearance. Yeah, it wasn't Shaq. No, <laughs> I don't know if we played Shaq for him. It's too obvious. Shaq, you're right. So, 
exclaiming. He had that falsetto thing. <laughs> Flavor Flav. Uh, in actual football news, we are waiting on a second meeting between Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers. NFL Network says they are within striking distance of an agreement. New Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce needs a coaching staff. He's expected to meet with former Bears OC Luke Getzey and former Browns OC Alex Van Pelt for that same job. Is that a dad joke, by the way? They're in The Chargers are within striking distance of hiring... That's Lightning a Mike Garofalo dad joke. Those are his words. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I had said that, Maggie would have killed me right there. They're in striking no, distance. I would have said you've been waiting for that one. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, planned yeah. it and you were waiting to unleash it. No, mine was more plagiarism than anything else. <laughs> Good job. The update's yeah. the update. Uh, LeBron didn't play with left ankle pain, but it probably wouldn't have mattered. The Clippers just better than his Lakers. Rebounded by number one. And number one finds number three. Number three is coming up <laughs> strong with the layup and the points go to the Lady Tigers. Our score is now 101 to 10. <laughs> Clippers Radio has taken a turn since Noah Eagle left. Um, <laughs> Get the night off. <laughs> L.A. beat L.A. last night, 127-116. Kawhi Leonard posting a triple-double, 25 points, 11 boards, and 10 assists. The Clips have now won 11 of 13. Nicole Young. <laughs> I just, the mechanics of her broadcast actually yeah. aren't bad, besides the fact she didn't know the names of the players. But that might not be her fault. That's, that's a big but. <laughs> she might not have had that information, it seems like. But she did the right thing. The play by play was smooth. And then she recapped the score. Well, Technically, like, bogus, you, you do this for a little Oh, I'm excited for her to have a bigger job than me by probably next Wednesday. That's <laughs> the thing to go. Yeah. <laughs> She's not doing WNBA games. Um, I would disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything no, okay redeemable. about that call. But, yeah. you know, and actually, plus, I think it was a grambling basket, and she's the grambling announcer, and so she should definitely know the grambling last name. Well, that's like NFL coaches. The great coaches always refer to the numbers. I think it's a <laughs> yes. way to demean the players slightly. But, <laughs> she's uh, just pulling a Belichick. Yeah, like, Belichick's like, yeah, we got to cover 14. She's basically being Belichick. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it's grambling, but I remember I tried to do Hunter College Basketball Division Three when I was at Hunter College. And I'll tell you what, having non-household names on all 12 man rosters for both teams, I, I'll give huh. her a little pass. I'll give her a little pass. Not but, but you did this in what year? This is my senior year. Right, so like, there was the internet. Like, you could have known the <laughs> roster. Like, your job is to memorize them before you get there. Oh, I tried. I tried. It's, 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 but like, I don't know, I guess maybe because, I maybe, I don't know, maybe she might have been like a, a big fan of basketball. Like, when your, your brain is, like, if you told me to call an NBA game, I'd know every player. But when you're you're calling your height your well, college when it's grambling women's basketball, you just This is what the dirty trick of this, or I don't know what Bogish's method is here. This used to be my method when I did play by play in college was during the layup lines. You're just going through and doing yeah. and calling their names oh, good, out. Good tip. Yeah. I mean like <laughs> I I'm I've got a game tonight. I've never seen Loyola Chicago women's basketball before, but I I now know who their roster is. And if it's a hundred to twelve, I'm not gonna be going number one to number three. <laughs> you know, the first two minutes of the game, I think an extra second to remember who's who. 
But by the fourth quarter, we're all best friends. I'm not going, that girl just passed it to Blondie, who threw it to the short girl. They also now were scoring all the points. I mean, you probably only need to know Grammarly, to be honest. We get the bogus biography if that, if that oh, game I was going to say, with, with that much of a lead, you really shouldn't be doing the play-by-play at that point. you got to yeah. be basically tap dancing out there. What's the audience size for a broadcast like that? You guys would know. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I, I so, can't imagine 100 colleges getting no, thousands this, on air for the radio. This is the tough part about it, because I used to do GW, and it's not like the broadcast. But they're a major was, program. Well, but... You're doing the student broadcast, so they they were actually on terrestrial radio. So I don't know. Oh, it's kind of like like bogus with Fordham, right? There's a student broadcast, and you're doing the the. They're actually on terrestrial radio, though. Also, right? So, uh, the thing is, it's not a big audience, but everyone who's watching really knows what's going on because it's a lot of family members. Yeah. So Ah. if you get stuff wrong, or if you're critical, it's a very uh, small audience, but a robust one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, un- and my biggest issue always was, unfortunately, for women's games, which are, again, unfortunately, usually smaller attendance, and yeah. you're sitting courtside. You can, and everyone can hear you. Everyone can hear you. No. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I had... <laughs> these, are, these are two... <laughs> you're kidding me. Like, you have to worry about the actual coaches and oh, players yeah. hearing oh, yeah. your stuff? It's so much louder sometimes than yes. the arena, yes. So I'll give you two examples. There was one high school game we were doing, and I had a partner who was an older gentleman, and he was speaking like an old man, very sexist about men's and women's games comparison while these high school girls were shooting free throws and two of them actually turned from the lane and looked at him talking about how differently athletically women's basketball was. And then another time we were on the air. Yeah, it was not, it was not fun. It was not fun to have to like address his comments, but then for them to hear them on the, on the floor sucked. Another time we were doing a game Internet only, we could not go to commercial, and a girl got hurt, oh. tore ACL driving to the rim. <gasps> She's on the floor screaming, asking for her mother in an empty gym. Oh, no. So it's going over the air while we're talking about not that, and we can't go anywhere. We can't go, we'll be back in a second, and like we had to stay on the air what and did talk, you talk over about? her. I don't even remember anymore. Oh I try to block gosh. it out. Did you pull like a like a Tony Rowe with Jim So man, I was stuck in the hotel room. Like, I had to go to ground round the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my mommy. Wait, did you see the thing that happened apparently this week where a girl's at the free throw line at a high school game and one of the dads yes. presumably in the stands as she's about to shoot goes, "You suck," <laughs> and all the parents are like, "No." <sighs> yeah. Yep, I heard that. That's great. We're I'm, in a good place. You I'm, suck. Yeah. <laughs> not even miss it. Yeah. Miss it is bad enough, but not you suck. This is basketball. You suck is not the worst thing. Yeah, all right, no, no, no. A dad yelling at a little girl sucks at a little kid for sure. You want to yell like box out or something like that? Like that's a, that's a oh, trick. How little was the girl? They were High school. High yeah. school? That's not a little kid. The, yes, it is. Uh, I agree with you Karloff. suck. You think, I think I high school, this isn't a 10-year-old league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> would, would I judge the guy who did it? Yeah. Seems like a jerk. Yeah. But, I mean. If that was my if that was my daughter, that guy would be unconscious. Yeah, we'd be fighting. <laughs> yeah, but you got to use any tool you can to win a high school basketball game. Get in her head. You slice a playoff game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The chance that they would have at our high school games. For the other team, I mean, just yeah, but that's okay. Everybody would be fighting. Right, not the parents. Oh, the stuff the parents would be saying at these games. Again, <laughs> right. people would be fighting. I mean, this. I don't know. I, I not guilty. I'm the sorry. worst. The parents are the worst. <laughs> I know. We ruin everything. Us parents. Horrible. Oof. 
EJ, this is a this is the wrong side of this battle to pick, man. I'm you suck at a thirteen, I'm, a fifteen year old girl. No, no, I'm going, not saying that I can you see his point. It. I'm saying that this is I don't know. I feel like <laughs> it, when you Dude. play in high school basketball, like you get these terrible environments. Yeah, I think They're I awful. think honestly, high school like the same way. You're just you're saying if it's a men's game, it's basically what I'm hearing no, is I'm if it's a it, men's game, it's fine. If it's a girls' game, no, that's kind of what no, the message like is. If it's the no. parents, it's not. Yeah. Fine. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Go to a men's high school basketball game. Is all bets are off. You're cursing out the ref. Like parents yeah, are totally getting it. Yeah, Again, on, even yeah. cursing out the ref, which I'm, I do not condone as a former referee and former official, but you don't tell the other kid they suck. Right. Uh, if it was I a men's to, game, no, you wouldn't even blink at I that. I need to take you guys to Archbishop Malloy Holy oh, Cross game on a Friday night. Go to a Duke basketball game and look at the posters. I guys, mean, I get people it. are I, cruel. That's college. I was on the bench in high school games in New York City at LaSalle and St. Raymond's and Rice. I know what happens. This is a quiet gym and an adult yells clear as day so everyone can hear you suck, suck. at a sub-18-year-old kid. Girl or boy, it's a crappy thing to do. That's all we're saying. No one's putting him in jail or anything like that, but he shouldn't I do am. that. The student section wants to taunt somebody. That's fine. He's an adult yelling at a kid sh- that she sucks. <laughs> also, it's not even clever. That too. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You suck, Bogus. You <laughs> suck. Drive to Texas by yourself. All right, lots more coming up, including uh, more of your nominees. Our great debate question today, the greatest dynasty of all time. Uh, coming up, a shocking surprise in the NFL. We'll get to- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That next. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Perloff, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting that there are weird vibes going on with the Eagles coaching staff. There's no. some weird vibes out there. This is the quote. I don't know that everybody on the staff is happy and everything that's gone down, especially with Brian Johnson, who was sort of caught in the middle. That's your offensive coordinator who got dismissed. And now it looks like uh, Cliff Kingsbury could be yeah. your next offensive coordinator in Philly. How do you feel about that? Well, first of all, you lose five or six games. There better be weird vibes. I would not be happy <laughs> with that. Yeah, it seems like the, the Sean, 
<laughs> you guys are actually on top of it. When they fired Sean Des- Desire, put him up in the booth and yeah. made Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator, you gave me a sideways look like my season was over. Turns out you were right. So I, I think when that happened, Nick Sirianni lost all his power because that seemed like it was a, a front office move. So now you have Howie Roseman in a weird spot. I'm fine with Cliff Kingsbury. I'd prefer Eric Bieniemy, but I'll take Kingsbury and... I really am worried about defensive coordinator. Kingsbury's a good play call. He just wasn't a good head coach. Most people, he gets so, he gets killed because of way it ended in Arizona. That dude won 11 games in Arizona. Doesn't he get some credit for that, Maggie? Okay, but that was early. Then what happened? Well, the team, it's the Arizona Cardinals. They're not a good team. They had a terrible GM at the time, Steve Keim. So, Cliff, he can design a game plan. That's better. Brian Johnson was doing nothing. They were the most predictable offense ever. If it's Cliff Kingsbury, it's probably running a little bit more. I mean, if he was, you know, because yeah. Kyler runs a lot and you didn't like that Jalen Hurts kind of stopped running. Oh, I love it. That's a good point. Uh, Greg's in San Francisco wants to talk about Brock Purdy as we are closing in on the NFC Championship game, Purdy versus Goff. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. What's up? I'm just curious. Like, they've never, ever in all my life, like, ever heard of ju- a judgment of the quarterback on his Greg, we need something to talk about. They need people on their shows. They need a different narrative, and this comes up. Can you can you remember one time they've judged a quarterback by that? Sorry, say it again. You, we you cut you for out a for a second. We judge a quarterback by what? Where he is drafted? By, by having having too many weapons. They've oh, never, by having too many weapons. Ooh, yeah, like that's never been that's never come up. The football that I know. Tua. The- a lot of people think Tua is just a product of having Tyree Kill there. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just made up narrative. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for the call. You asked for one, Perloff gave it to you. Um, I, well, I think this is where it's not that people aren't or people like me, if you want to say it, mm. only critical when you're saying Brock Purdy is the MVP because you have so many weapons. How do you delineate who actually is the most valuable there? Why does it immediately go to the quarterback just because this is generally a quarterback award? I'm seeing things out there like uh, this question. If Debo Samuel can't play, yeah. how much does that hurt the 49ers' ability to win this game? Tremendously. Right. So when we're talking about yeah, you know, but he's we're the not number one receiver, the quarterback, but... we're actually just praising the other uh, the other weapons on the team. But that always happens. Any, any quarterback's number one receiver goes down. If Stephon Diggs went down, that would hurt the Bills' ability. So I do think <laughs> that's a... Maybe we go overboard. I think you're right. I think it's a draft status. If if Brock Purdy was like Baker Mayfield and was the number one overall pick, we'd view him differently. People don't want to admit, uh, whoever doesn't want to admit that they were all wrong about Brock Purdy in the draft, all the, the experts. The draft Knicks. Here's the thing, though. When it's Mr. Irrelevant, it's not like, oh, you. it was the third round, it was the fourth round. I think you. Ba- everyone admits you were wrong, just like everyone admits they're wrong about Brady. But you still view him differently in your head. You can't help it. I mean, Baker Mayfield and Brock Purdy are the same size, and we still view them as completely different people. I think it's product of the system. If Baker Mayfield had been drafted and got to go to San Francisco and play with this team, what do you think he's like? Oh, God, that would be so fun. I have no idea. (laughs) 2124CBS. One team just sounds delusional. We'll tell you who it is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. (laughs) 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.